Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined alongside, as always, by Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And, Wes, we're here to review a 22 to nothing victory for the Green Bay Packers over the Buffalo Bills in Week 4 Sunday at Lambeau Field. Proves the Packers to 2-1-1 one, and one at the quarter pole. But with this one, you might as well start with the defense because anytime there's a zero on the scoreboard at the end of the game, that's a pretty good day. First time at Lambeau Field since 2009. First time period since 2010. Halloween at the New York Jets, a 9-0 victory for the Green Bay Packers. So, yeah, that was a shutout without a touchdown by the offense, right. as a matter of fact. And it was very interesting, Mike. Obviously, you wrote about it for your game story. I wrote about it uh, for our locker room report. A lot of guys mentioning afterwards, actually Kyle Fracker was the first one to bring this up after his three-sack game. This past week, or I should say even, I think it was actually on Saturday, Mike Pettin sat down all of his defensive players, and he put up a slide for them, showing them the breakdowns of their production and points allowed per quarter, and just the drastic difference between where they were in the first and where they'd been in the third, and kind of reiterating to the guys with the main point being, you can do this. You can play a full 60-minute game without mistakes. You've done it in quarters. Why not do it for 60 full minutes? Yeah. Certainly playing against Josh Allen helped the, the young rookie quarterback for the Bills. Uh, things did not go well for him on the day, and the Packers were able to take advantage of it, though. And I know I got a lot of comments, people saying, well, I mean, this is what you expected. The Bills, this is the team they were other than that, that game against the Vikings. But the thing is, Mike, is so often – we want to throw teams, we want to throw coordinators under the bus after a rough performance. When you play well against an opponent you're supposed to beat, that comes with the territory. Yeah. That's a part of the process. So when you look at the weight of a season in 16 games, there's going to be those instances. And for the Packers, and credit to Mike Pettin and his guys, they were able to take advantage of that. And you know, really were the, the number one reason why the Packers were able to get out of there with a win because – the Bills did not score any points. <laughs> and when you look at, you mentioned Josh Allen, obviously. What I saw out there, and as I, as I always remind everyone, I am no X's and O's expert when it comes to this stuff. But what I saw out there was a quarterback to me who was dropping back in the pocket and he wasn't sure what he was seeing. Right. And whether it was the the guys up at the line of scrimmage dropping into coverage, whether it was the back-end coverage switching to different coverage patterns, man versus zone after the snap, whatever it was that was going on, I don't think Allen could quite decipher. He wasn't entirely sure what was out there, and when he's not sure, then the passes aren't accurate right. because, the, because the confidence, the, the, uh, um, the belief that everything is the way it should be, it's not there. And so, that, so then you have some wild inaccuracy. He ended up less than 50% completions turned the ball over three times two interceptions also got stripped by Kenny Clark was sacked seven times his passer rating ends up 36.3 total yards for the bills mostly thanks to losing 60 plus yards and sacks total yards for the bills 145 yards that's the fewest total yards the Packers have given up in a game since 2014 down in Tampa Bay when they held the Buccaneers to just 109. So a really solid all-around defensive performance. This isn't one of those – Fackrell had a great game with three sacks, but even with that, with a couple of those coming at the end, this isn't one of those where you're saying this one guy for the Packers just went off right. and had this amazing day. I thought as a unit, as as a group, these guys played solidly. We talked about it last week. It was time to put together a four-quarter game, and they did that. Yeah, and Jair Alexander comes up with a big interception there. Uh, and, and certainly it was a bad throw by Josh Allen. They're at the 20. He gets pushed out of the pocket by Reggie Gilbert. He has uh, Blake Martinez. 
kind of breathing down his neck, and he throws this inadvised ball into the end zone. Alexander makes the play, but you have to make that play. That took yeah. points off the board. He returns it out. Yeah, that, that, that's just a terrible decision by Allen. It clearly falls in the category of a rookie mistake. I mean, I yeah. know things weren't going well, but it's 13 to nothing. If you get a field goal there, if you just throw the ball away, kick the field goal, it's 13 to three. You're down by 10 on the road. You know, the game is not over. He throws that interception. The Packers get another field goal the other end. It's 16 nothing right. at halftime. You're in a much bigger hole. And as Mason, I asked Mason Crosby about this game after the game, too. Not only being able to turn the tide there and get them off the board in the last minute of halftime, being able to march down the field and set up a 52-yard field goal for Mason Crosby when you're getting the ball going into the second half, that's really demoralizing for yeah. a team to, to be able to have to weather that. Absolutely. But then haha, Clinton Dix also makes his third straight interception in three straight games. You look at the, the pass rushing packages. Clay Matthews got to the quarterback. There were no flags thrown. Uh, which actually, I say that facetiously, but some of the guys even said, Matthews even mentioned it too, a couple of the hits on Matthews or on Aaron Rodgers, not that he wants to see his quarterback get, get hit, but he said he agreed with it. It was good to not see the, the laundry flying. And I think as the Packers, the game wore on, they got more comfortable in their assignments. The pressure packages were where they needed to be. They started getting contributions from Jermaine Whitehead as a blitzer. Blake Martinez got a sack. The, it was all across the board for the Packers. And as to your original point, when you get that many different people contributing, Kenny Clark had a forced fumble and recovery late in the game. Right. It's it's going to lead to good things. And, and the Packers, they've been waiting for a performance like this where from beginning to end they stitched together a complete showing. Six three and outs, I believe it was. Seven if you count them just giving up at the end of the game after yeah. Fackrell's last sack. I It was it was the type of performance I think that group needed. Yeah, and you mentioned the no laundry on the field, and it wasn't just not getting the roughing the passer calls, but with the pass interference and defensive holding and the stuff that the Packers were troubled with out in yeah. Washington, it was really good to see that those penalties weren't happening happening either. And I'll say this with regarding the roughing the passer stuff. We saw what Antonio Morrison did when he got a free rush up the middle, yes. and I saw the same thing when we were kind of finishing up our website coverage late in the day towards the end of the Oakland-Cleveland game, a hit on Oakland quarterback Derek Carr. What you're seeing rushers doing now, they're drop. They're just going to drop the shoulder and drill the quarterback in the midsection, and they're not going to wrap him up. They're yeah. just going to use their shoulder to knock him down because then you can't get the falling on top of him yes. and this and that or lift and scoop and all these other calls we've been seeing. So these quarterbacks are going to take, I think they're going to potentially take some harder hits because defenders don't want to wrap up. So... Another thing that falls under unintended consequences potentially of this rule, we'll see how that develops. But for the Packers to get seven sacks, I actually went into the week saying, this is not a week you have to sack the quarterback a whole lot. Keep right. Josh Allen in the they pocket. Don't let him run. Yeah. They ended up doing both. He didn't get away to run, and they also sacked him a bunch. Yeah, Kyler Fackrell, another question I asked after the game to him is how much of an uh, emphasis was that for them? And that really sounded like it was their biggest primary objective after seeing what Allen had did with his feet. And ultimately, I think that game against the Vikings, we've talked about it numerous times now, they got a couple turnovers. They capitalized on those turnovers. Offensively, Buffalo had a really good drive to start the game. And from there, Josh Allen just kept moving the chains with his feet and doing what he had to do to keep the ball in the Bills' hands. The Packers didn't allow them to do that in this game. He had five carries, I think, for 19 yards, all told. And Shady McCoy didn't become a, a big you know, part of this thing. They, they were able to keep... Uh, Chris Ivory in check after yeah. he went off for whatever it was, 80 or 90 receiving yards last week. Right. All in all, the Packers did exactly what they needed to do to, to win this game. And I think 
if, if nothing tells you more about the week-to-week nature of this thing, the Packers entered the game 23rd in total defense. They were sixth by the end of the night. <laughs> I mean, it just it, it's not just Green Bay either. That shows you across the league how much things can flip this early in the season. Yeah. Mike McCarthy said it last week. You don't really know what you are until you get through that first quarter, until you get through maybe those first five or six games. I'm not saying, you know, the Packers got to put together another strong performance next week against Detroit, but at the very least, it showed these guys what they're capable of when everything comes together. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, before we switch gears to talk about the offensive side, excuse me, a little sponsor business here, Wes. At home or here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay, offensive side of the ball. A good start for the Packers. Two touchdowns within the first, I believe, 19 to 20 minutes of the game. But then they couldn't find the end zone after that. Settled for some field goals. Had a couple of turnovers here and there. Aaron Rodgers clearly not happy with the way the offense performed. Mike McCarthy trying to stay a little bit more upbeat and saying, hey, of course, we know we have things to work on. You know, there there's there, there are always are, and it's always great to work on things after a victory as opposed to after a loss. But um, Packers had to play without Randall Cobb. If there's one thing that stood out to me in this game, it's what we talked about last week. You wrote about it as well with regards to the running backs. This three-headed backfield, 183 yards from scrimmage, if you combine the rushing and receiving yardage of all three guys, boy, you take that any day of the week. Yeah, and I think Ty Montgomery was a big part of this thing, too, because you don't have Randall Cobb available in the slot. So the Packers actually, I thought, ran some concepts that helped not only get the ball in Montgomery's hands, but allow him to make plays in the open field. Uh, I go back to that 43-yard catch, which ended up being the longest play from scrimmage of the day. Right. He motions out, lines up in the slot, finds a, a soft spot in that secondary of Buffalo, catches it, brings it upfield, 43 yards, explosive play, Packers get moving. Uh, you look at Aaron Jones, his first play checking in right away. Same exact game plan as last week, right, where you had Jamal Williams start, you had Ty Montgomery come in, third series, goes to Jones. Yeah. Jones gets the ball. H-back, got to give a lot of credit to to Lane uh, Lance Kendricks, opens the lane there with yep. being able to seal off the linebacker. And once you give Aaron Jones two free steps, he's off to the races, gets 30 yards on that, another 17 off a screen. Jamal Williams, although if you look statistically, I don't think it's going to jump out to you. I thought especially in the first half was very important for moving the chains. I get it. You want to feature guys. You want guys to get 20 touches a game. But that isn't the way the league is gone right now. You yep. need to have multiple options to be able to keep guys on their heels, keep defenders not knowing what your next move is going to be. I thought the Packers executed that brilliantly. Yeah, and the fans continue to ask, when you see the explosiveness of a player like Aaron Jones, they continue to ask, why is he not getting the ball more? Why is he not getting the ball more? Okay, against Washington, his first game after the two-game suspension, he touched the ball seven times. Yep. Yesterday, he touched it 12 times, 11 rushes, one reception. I can see his workload continuing to increase here. But as we continue to say, this is about the long game. This is about still seeing an explosive, dynamic Aaron Jones at Thanksgiving and beyond, hopefully setting yourself up for a playoff run, not just, okay, we're going to hand him the ball 20 to 22 or 25 times a game and then hope he holds up for the next three months when 
let's be honest, as a rookie, his body didn't hold up. So all of this is part of the equation here, not to mention the production you did get, did get from Ty Montgomery and the reliability you get between the tackles yep. from Jamal Williams, whose numbers I think would have looked better if not for those carries at the very end of the game when the Packers were just trying to run the clock. Totally. And the other thing too, Mike, to remember, think about the last two times the Packers truly featured a running back. It was Eddie Lacy in 2013 and 14. Eddie Lacy ran like a bull those two seasons, but he also ran hurt basically down the stretch of both of them. 13, I think, was the year where he ended up having the high ankle sprain, and he just pushed through it because of his running style and his ability to absorb that contact. You want to have those guys right. You want to have them healthy for late in the season. The Packers did not get that benefit last year. just seemed like when one guy was up, another guy happened to be down. They're trying to extend this thing. They're trying to make sure that they have those matchup problems for defenses to really have to hone in on in the second half of the season. Aaron Jones off to a great start. 17 carries for, I believe, 117 yards or something like that on the season. They want more of that but they also want more of that through the next 12 games of the year. Yeah, also a lot of questions about Aaron Rodgers' post-game comments. Fans are wondering, what well, was he being critical? The head coach, he didn't sound like he was happy with the game plan or the play calling or something like that. There was definitely some frustration in his voice with some of those issues. I want to hear what Mike McCarthy has to say later today, after, which will be after the taping of this episode. And uh, perhaps we'll get into that discussion more later in the week. But I will say this about the message that Rodgers was sending. I think in some ways he's a little tired of the the narrative of how inspiring he's being by playing on the knee. It's a month into the season now. I think Aaron Rodgers is sending a message that things need to switch a little from inspiration to execution. And this offense needs to execute more consistently and and find the rhythm that it needs for Aaron Rodgers, even with a bad knee, to still be at his best. Yeah, because I think you've seen them be able to move the football. Yesterday they had 423 yards. Yeah, 423 yards, yards is nothing to sneeze at in an a NFL game. Absolutely. Very important to have that aspect of it. But you also want to turn those points into touchdowns. You want to or turn that production into touchdowns yeah. and points on the scoreboard. And I think that was probably the biggest takeaway. Although they did move the ball, they again had to settle for some field goals. They again, you know, had some opportunities where they just didn't quite hone in on everything when they got into gotten into the scoring territory. To be honest with you, I actually thought the the offense responded pretty well considering they lost they didn't have Randall Cobb for this game. And as I mentioned in our pregame periscope, th there's just nobody that replaces him. They actually they did some stuff that they do with Cobb with Devontae Adams working the slot a little bit, but for the most part, you just don't have another player like that on your yeah. roster. And then you also lose Geronimo Allison late in the game, and he's off to a really good start, ends up being diagnosed with a concussion. Right. So, yeah, for the Packers, depending on what happens here with Allison and Cobb, you have to feed Adams, you have to feed Jimmy Graham, who did get his first touchdown with the Packers. Those are your primary playmakers. I think that's going to be a big focus for them here, trying to make sure that they feed those mouths. Because give Devontae Adams a lot of credit. Eight catches for 81 yards going up against Tredavious White. A very talented young cornerback. Absolutely. And Adams still found ways to get separation on 14 targets. Yeah, and hats off to the guys in the trenches here for the Packers too. Because going yeah. into this game... We are talking about Muhammad Wilkerson and Justin McRae as two significant injuries in the trenches here for the Packers. On the offensive line, Byron Bell filled in just fine. No issue. Nobody was even talking about it. And the same thing on the defensive line with Dean Lowry. His snaps going up when the Packers were in those three defensive line packages. Obviously, you know, over the long term, it's hard to replace a guy like Muhammad Wilkerson who is on injured reserve, and it doesn't sound like we'll be seeing him again this season. But at least the early returns, the Packers 
didn't look any different up front in terms of defending the run. Yeah, they didn't. They actually defended it really well. I think it was 56 total yards, and that's including uh, the 19 scrambling that they got from Josh Allen as well. Yeah, Kenny Clark, I'm curious to see how they handle this because I think I don't know the exact stats in front of me. Actually, you know what? I can look it up. He played a lot again, and that's sort Did of he? been the, the path for him so far this season. Yeah, 47 snaps out of the 58, 81 all told. Uh, he's been a bell cow for them in the middle. Certainly Dean Lowry jumping in there. But on the offensive line, Mike, I thought they had a whale of a ball game. Yep, Byron I thought so Bell too. moving in there. Brian Belaga got a little nicked up for a second, but stayed in the game. I thought played well at that right tackle position. And for my money, and I'm not Larry McCarron, he knows this stuff a lot better than I do. I thought David Bakhtiari was exceptional in this game. Obviously, we know what he does as a pass blocker, an all-pro in that regard, but he's getting down the field with his athleticism, taking on you know linebackers and, and defensive backs, you know, being able to make sure you get a hat on a body. With well, some and, of the and Jerry stuff. Hughes, the Buffalo defensive end, he was the guy who changed that game yeah. in Minnesota the previous week. We didn't even hear about yeah. Jerry Hughes yesterday, and that, that's, that's a huge credit to David Bakhtiari. He's playing like the all-pro that he is. Two sacks, and obviously, you know, you can go and diagnose those and make of it what you will but 141 yards on the ground that's exactly the target that you're looking for tip your cap to Byron Bell as you said he's a veteran he's been through the wars there in the trenches I think he looks great as a guard I've always liked him as a guard certainly he gives you the flexibility at tackle but I think that guard position really suits him well he was getting downfield on some screen opportunities looked like the guy had been playing in that scheme all his summer I yeah mean, he, he looked like he was uh, a guy that could be counted on in that spot yeah I agree with you well before we go today Wes a quick look at where things stand in the NFC North at the quarter pole here everybody has four games in the Chicago Bears on top at three and one they're on a three-game winning streak after the week one loss here at Lambeau Field Packers next at two one and one the Minnesota Vikings at one two and one and the Detroit Lions lose on a walk-off field goal by the Dallas Cowboys so the Lions are one and three the Packers opponent next Sunday in Detroit I'll say this about the Bears I said it after the week one game here, when we saw Matt Nagy and that offense with Mitch Trubisky, I said, if they start attacking and throwing the ball down the field and Trubisky starts getting that part of the game figured out, watch out for this offense. And boy, they really attacked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I'll say this, looking at the highlights, those guys were so wide open down the field. It was as though the Buccaneers came out with a defensive game plan to take away all of the horizontal college-like stuff yeah. that I had talked about. They, it was as though they weren't even prepared for Trubisky to push the ball down the field. And his receivers were just wide open the entire first half. They got out to a huge lead, absolutely demolished the Buccaneers at Soldier Field. Chicago Bears are 3-1, and one, and they, right now they are the talk of the NFC North. And it's funny, too, Mike, because you look at what they're doing with Tarek Cohen now, too. It almost sort of reminds you a little bit. I, I, you know, Kareem Hunt's a different player, but it just reminds you of those those running backs and the guys that, you know, they were able to make into huge playmakers during his time with Andy Reid in Kansas City. Uh, had a phenomenal game yesterday, 121 yards receiving. Taylor Gabriel fitting in really nicely yep. with that offense. Allen Robinson got a touchdown. Uh, so, yeah, you have to respect the, the Bears and – the other thing that's really interesting, too, Mike, you know, you can perseverate. I think that's been a word you and I have been throwing around lately. <laughs> you can perseverate on what happened in the second half against uh, and, or even the last, you know, 30, 25 minutes against Minnesota. You can talk about the slow start against Washington. 
depending on how this year works out for the Packers in the NFC North, the the final 30 minutes of that game with Chicago could have huge ramifications for the season. Enormous. Uh, if, if if the Packers continue to you know go upon this pace, if the Bears continue to find ways to get those victories, if they get Mitchell Trubisky more confidence, a game like that is going to go a long way in that young man's confidence. Being able Absolutely. to open it up with six touchdown passes, 354 yards. It's going to be very interesting because all those games we talk about all the time, division games have huge ramifications for your season. Packers coming back to beat the Bears, man. That could be one to follow once we get to Week 17. Yeah, no question about it. With that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.